This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. As you go on your journey of living the one thing, at some point, you're going to begin to wonder if you can achieve everything you want to achieve when your team doesn't live the one thing. How do I live the one thing if my boss doesn't live the one thing? How do I say yes to my one thing when I've got all these people in my company who are asking me for things and they all think it's the most important thing? This is where my job personally gets exciting. For the last several years, we have been diving deep with organizations to help them use the principles of the one thing to achieve more with their team. And it doesn't matter if you are a company of five people or literally 500,000, like many of the Fortune 100 that we've worked with. The principles are simple and they scale. That's the purpose of this episode. Recently, we did a monthly webinar. Usually, we bring on a best-selling author whose book we think is aligned with the principles. But in this last webinar, we realized if we could only have one conversation, this was the best way we could bring value to you. How do we show you a clear roadmap for how to start living the one thing with your team? How do we cast a vision of what it looks like to use the tools to create a productive culture? Let's address some of the biggest challenges that people have when it comes to managing their time inside these organizations. We share some case studies of what it's looked like when we've worked with other companies. And our goal is that by the end of this episode, you will have clarity on one thing you can do to better drive the one thing with your team or ultimately with the entire organization. And that's whether you are a leader and have direct reports or if you're an individual contributor with zero direct reports. You absolutely can make a difference. Now, we're going to give you a heads up. There are several times throughout this webinar that I end up drawing things for the people who are there live. Since this is an audio-only podcast, if you do want to see the video portion of this, you can go to the onething.com slash webinar. And that's with the number one in the URL. Scroll down and find the webinar titled How Your Team Can Achieve More with the One Thing. And you can actually watch the full experience as well as I facilitate a bunch of experiences that will not be in this episode because it just wouldn't be ideal for a podcast. So you can actually get the full-blown experience by watching it at the onething.com slash webinar. And as you listen to this episode... If you find yourself saying, hey, I would really like to explore what it would look like to bring this to my organization, we'll ask that you pause the episode and go to theonething.com slash teams. And that's theonething.com with the number one, theonething.com slash teams. And that's teams with an S. You can fill out your information and we're happy to engage with you. You're also going to hear Lee briefly touch on our certification program, which we certify leaders and organizations to drive the principles of the one thing. And there are many of you who as an individual just want to master the principles at a higher level and go out into the world to teach them. We have we have programs for both of you and you can learn more about our certification program on our training page at theonething.com slash training. With that, let's get into this episode on how your team can achieve more with the one thing. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. 
Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash O-N-E-5-0 and use code O-N-E-5-0 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. So prior to co-founding this company with Gary and Jay, I worked in the corporate space. And I told myself that I was successful if I had great work ethic, if I if I hustled, if I grinded. And as I started to climb the ladder, as my income started going up, I told myself the story that I was being successful. I was unaware of where I was accidentally sabotaging myself though. Because pretty quickly early on when I started working with Gary and Jay, I was in in a mastermind with Gary and he shared this idea that working long hours is cheating. And the reason he said that is because you know you can do the wrong activities. And if you work long enough, if you work hard enough, sure, you can muscle your way to a result and you end up cheating yourself out of what it means to live a life. And for me, that's when it hit me that um, when I think about why I do what I do, the reason I do it is because I want to provide a a better life for these people. I want my wife to be able to live the kind of life she wants to live. I want my kids to to know that their parents love them. I want to be active in their their lives. I don't want to be a businessman with a family. I want to be a family man who happens to have a business. But then as I really started to hold up the mirror, I imagined following myself around with a camera and watching my actions. And what I realized is that all these companies that I had worked with prior to this, they weren't actually productive cultures. They were cultures that you were rewarded by being busy, not by being productive. What do you think the difference is between those two? What's the difference between being busy and being productive? Yeah, being busy is just taking a lot of action. Being productive is taking action on the things that mattered most. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, if I followed myself around, what I would see is when the moment I fired up my computer, I'd be checking my email. And I'd be checking my email until I would go to my first meeting. I'd get out of my first meeting, have five minutes, so I'd be checking email or I'd be just having a random conversation with a random person about nothing. And then somebody would swing by and say, hey, you got a minute? And it would literally repeat all day long. And I'd fast forward to the end of the day feeling so busy, like, oh, I was busy. And then wondering if I got anything done. And the real consequence for me was when I was at home, I wasn't at home. I was sitting, I remember sitting on the couch with Amy and Daphne had just been born. And I remember Amy's like holding Daphne and she's like, are you ready to to play with your daughter? And I had my phone in my hand and I was checking email. I wasn't present. And as I started to imagine, okay, if I continue to show up as this version of myself, spending my time, not investing my time, where does that take me? What does my life look like in five years? What does my life look like in 10 years? What does it look like in 20 years? What does the relationship with my children look like? What does the relationship with my wife look like? What's my fulfillment in my job? And 
Folks, <laughs> that was a tough pill to swallow. That was really tough. Because I realized I was so focused on climbing the ladder that I never asked the question, is it leaning up against the right wall? By the way, five years ago, I was the poster child for living this way, which is why I'm so grateful I got into business with Gary and Jay because they just made a standard. They said, dude, you want to lead this company. You want to be one of the faces of this brand. You got to live it. (laughs) Doesn't mean you got to be perfect, but you got to live it. And it just forced me to start to go on this journey. And the thing that I had discovered is that it doesn't have to be that way. I know what it feels like to feel like you have so much on your plate that you just don't have the time to get the clarity. You don't have the time to, to figure out which direction you need to go. It's so hard to say no. Like politically, what, what will people think if I say no? Will I not be perceived as a team player? Will, will I be sacrificing future opportunity? And I'm here to say on the other side of it, it's not the case. It's actually not the case. And as we have started to build this organization, started working with companies that had like five employees to now... We are literally advising the Fortune 100 on the future of work. So the scale is massive. And I share this with you not so that the numbers, the numbers are not impressive and they actually don't matter. What matters is that the principles that we share with you today are simple and they scale. Whether it's just you or whether you literally have 500,000 people, it scales. And that's, that's the point. How do we share the surprisingly simple truths with you that will actually generate extraordinary results. And we have to have a conversation about the challenges that we're even addressing here. The first, it really comes down to two things, clarity and alignment. Write these two things down, clarity and alignment. Every challenge from a productive cultural standpoint stem from one of these two things, clarity, a lack of clarity or a lack of alignment. How many of you know, are really clear on what the priorities are for the organization? I'm not talking about everything. I'm talking about the 20% priorities that drive 80% of the results. And you can tell me the order of priority. How many of you know, like if you say, great, that we, I know what priority number one is. How many of you can give me the one name of the person who is most accountable for making that happen? Any of you ever feel like priorities change in your organization? That doesn't happen with this group, does it? No, not not here. It always happens. How many of you are really clear on what do I do when our priorities change? And again, folks, I'm going to take you all off the hook. Welcome to the party. This is every company we have ever talked to, ever. Because remind me at what grade you were taught on how to get clarity on the one thing. You were taught on how to get clarity on the priorities required to achieve the one thing in order of priority to assign clear ownership to it and a plan for when priorities change. What grade was that? Zero. Never happened. But that's what we started to realize as we interacted with so many of you is this was the opportunity. What would be possible if every person knew the one thing for the organization? What would be possible if every person understood that if this is the one thing, if this is that North Star that we're going toward, these are a handful of 20% priorities that are going to get us there. And this is the order of priority. This is the one person who says, that's my one thing. And number two is my one thing. And number three is my one thing. And here's what we do when priorities change. And then there's the alignment piece. When we work on a team, what is our team going to say yes to? And what are we going to say no to? How many of you work in a department inside an organization where you service multiple departments, whether it's marketing, whether it's IT, whether it's customer service? 
How many of you feel like you're a central services department where there are needs coming in from all over the place and everybody who's asking you for help, of course, it's the most important thing to them, but it doesn't mean it's the most important thing for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many of you have ever wondered where you as an individual, how what you're saying yes to lines up with what the team or the organization is saying yes to? How many of you feel like you struggle with interdependencies? Like, hey, you have a one thing, I have a one thing. We actually need to work together, but your one thing is not my one thing. And we have to succeed together. That's tr- that resonate with anybody? Every day, says Margaret. <laughs> yeah. And anybody struggle to say no to their boss? Anybody ever struggle like, like, oh, my boss just doesn't stop putting things on my plate, but I can't say no because they are my boss. Again, this is super, super, super common. The good news is we have solutions for all of this. So our goal is to walk you through how to use the one thing to combat all of these. So let me ask you a question. Um, how many of you have ever played, uh, played dominoes or lined up dominoes in your life ever? This is a great example of how you combat these challenges. I know personally, when I first heard the idea of the one thing, I immediately had doubts because I thought to myself, I have more than one thing. Anybody? Bueller? Does that resonate with anybody? Yeah. We all have more than one thing. And the opportunity is to take a page from our childhood. When we lined up dominoes, we understood that we would not just put one over here and one over here and one over here and knock each one down individually. That's not the best way to knock them down. What we did is we, we, we would stand them up, we'd line them up, and we'd whack away at the first one first. And that's all we do as an individual, as a team, or at an organizational level. We have to line the dominoes up. And what's amazing about this is that small actions can unleash massive reactions. So the story of this is back in 2009. This was in The One Thing. Wager Domino Productions broke the world record for Domino Falls. They lined up 4.5 million. Now, I want all of you to do an exercise with me. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And for real, do it because it'll create the experience. I want you to close your eyes and suddenly imagine that you are standing in front of 4.5 million dominoes lined up. Imagine what that looks like. Now, I want you to imagine we're all on the count of three. We're going to raise our right hand. And on the count of three, we're going to knock the first one down. One, two, three. Open your eyes. How much effort did it take to knock down that lead domino? Little, almost none. <laughs> none, right? Now, what's cool about this is that that effortless action unleashed a massive reaction. 94,000 joules of energy, which to put that into context, if you were to watch me do 545 consecutive push-ups, which for, to be clear, I cannot do, but if I could, imagine how much energy that would take to do 545 consecutive push-ups. That one effortless action created that much energy. And the reason that this matters is that the path to getting everything you want, whether it's in your personal life, your professional life, for the organization or the team, is to get one thing at a time. And this means we think big, but go small and trust the dominoes will fall. In 1983, Lauren Whitehead published in the American Journal of Physics that a two-inch domino did not just knock down one of equal size, but it could go 50% larger. So two knocks over three, three knocks over four and a half. And by the 18th domino, you are knocking down the Leaning Tower of Pisa. By the 23rd domino, you are knocking down the Eiffel Tower. 
By the 31st domino, you are 3,000 feet above Mount Everest. And by just the 57th domino, you can build a structure that would reach almost from the Earth to the moon. Now, here's what's amazing about this. As leaders and companies, we're great at casting a vision for where we want to go. As individuals, we're great at casting a vision for what we want out of our lives. But we're not great at going small. What most people do is they identify the 18th domino and they think it's their one thing. You know, the leaning tower is in fact leaning. Yet if any one of us tried to go and knock it down right now, we'd fail. And this is what we're doing in our lives, whether it's professional or personal, is we're picking a one thing that's actually too big. And day after day after day, we're ramming our head against the wall and wondering why it's not falling. And the opportunity is to go smaller. So small that it's a two-inch domino that effortlessly with the flick of a finger, it will fall. If you want to combat the lack of clarity, the lack of alignment, we have to start lining our dominoes up. We have to cast the big vision, but start not by doing everything, but by doing one thing. Because extraordinary success is sequential. It is not simultaneous. It's just one thing at a time. So when we talk about the companies that we work with, when we are brought in to help them cast a vision for the future, like especially during COVID, we've helped companies reinvent what the future of work looks like. We cast that big vision, but we don't start by doing everything. It starts by something that is so small that effortlessly the dominoes begin to fall. Really simple, right? Think big, go small, trust the dominoes will fall. And you all know there are lies, lies that we tell ourselves that stop us from achieving more. We'll talk about the first lie when we come back from the break. Welcome back. At this point in the webinar, we facilitated an experience, a scavenger hunt to help people self-discover what the first lie is of productivity. We obviously can't do that with you here since it's a podcast. If you do want to see that scavenger hunt, you can go to the onething.com slash webinar. You can find the webinar titled How Your Team Can Achieve More with The One Thing. And it was right at about 18 minutes into the webinar that we facilitated the scavenger hunt. It's a super cool experience. The number one lie is the lie that everything matters equally. When we look at this list, how many of you out of curiosity found yourself trying to get as many different items as possible in the least amount of time. And this is reflective of our daily lives. We wake up, we tell ourselves we have to get as many things done in the least amount of time possible. And we see all the things and we start taking action. We're like, ooh, email, I'm getting inbox zero. I'm crushing it. Meeting, my notes are gonna sparkle. This is amazing. Oh, do I have a minute? You bet I have a minute. And we fast forward and we stream together a whopping 10 points. When had we paused and looked at all the things we could do and realized everything does not matter equally. In fact, of everything on this list, there's one thing I can do such that by doing it, it actually makes everything else easier or unnecessary. It's the idea of the 80-20 rule, right? The the idea that 80% of our results come from just 20% of our activities. So when we talk about how do we get more clarity and more alignment, the first thing we have to do is we have to ask the question, what's our 20%? And this is where we have to talk about if you want to have a productive team, a productive organization, it starts by having productive people. So how do we ensure if we actually have productive people? We have to look at the job description. So what do you think the definition of a job description is? Our definition of a job description is the two to three things you have to do exceptionally well. Otherwise, you don't earn the right to keep your job. A little harsh, but you know what? 
it's the truth. I mean, if you think about how many of you have ever received a promotion in your life ever, how many of you were promoted because you were the best email checker in your organization? If so, give me a number one. Like if there was a, a score for the number of inbox zero days you had, you would win. We'd get you a trophy. Yeah, not so much. How many of you were the best meeting attender? Like your notes actually did sparkle. They were so good, they almost framed them. Anybody? No. And what I'm about to say, I'm going to come in a little bit of hot. So I'm going to come in intense. Just, just get ready. Most people are majoring in the minors. They are spending their time on the minor things that don't actually drive the needle. Okay, now I'm going to step back. Do we need a hug? Are we okay? It's not your fault. You were never taught to have clarity on your priorities. You were never taught how to actually control your time. You were never taught how to create a common language where you can clearly say what you're saying yes to and by default say no to whatever's being asked of you, even if it's from your boss or your boss's boss. But that's what it looks like to live this is every single one of us has to get really clear when we look at our job. What are the two to three things that I have to do exceptionally well for this role. And for those of you that got promoted, you actually had a sense of what those things were and you did them so well that leadership moved you up the chain. True or true. So when we look at an org chart, I don't look and ask, what are all the things these people need to do? I ask the question, what are the two to three things that our goals require that this role do exceptionally well. And now when you look at the people that are in that role, we just ask the question, where are they? Where do they need to be? And how do we take them on a path to getting there? And this is where you're going to see how the tools of the one thing really start to come into play. So let's walk through how these things actually start to, to work together, how, how this works. So this is what we refer to as the productive system. And this is just a name for how all the tools of the one thing put together. So what we do is we help an individual set goals someday from now. This is what your organization does. The CEO of your organization doesn't wake up and say, what are we focusing on this year? No, 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 no. There's a much bigger vision of where the company needs to be someday from now. And there are goals around that. And based on that, there is then short slash long-term goals. Like where do we need to be in the next three to five years to feel like we're on track? Based on that, it brings a lot of focus on what we have to do this next year to know that we're on track for five years, to know we're on track for someday. These are proven business principles that we've just taken to the personal world through our goal setting retreat every year. Now, when you are a leader of people, once you know what your goals are for the year, you need to create a GPS. You need to create a business plan. This is a one-page business plan that literally gets everybody on the same page. Clarity and alignment. We're going to talk about an example of this here very shortly. Not everybody needs a GPS. For those of you that are individual contributors, you probably don't. But if you actually have direct reports, yes, you need a GPS. So you can say, for our team, this is our number one goal. And in order to achieve that, here are the handful of 20% priorities we are saying yes to. Here's the order of those priorities. Here's who owns each one. And here's the supporting strategies for each. And here's who owns each one. Because now every single person understands this is the pie that the team is saying yes to. And here's the slice that I personally am responsible for. That goes on your 411. The 411 is a tool that gives you, as an individual, clarity in your priorities. It helps you identify your priorities for the year, and based on that, what you need to do this month, based on that, what you need to do this week. 
those 20% priorities for the week, that's what gets time blocked. That's on the front of your phone. That's what goes on your calendar. Everything else, all that 80% stuff can go on the back of your 411 as a to-do list. But here's the deal. If, if we asked any one of you to show us your digital calendar right now, what would we see more of? 20% priorities or 80% tasks? Would we see the 20% things that are going to drive 80% of your results? Or would we see just a bunch of 80% meetings and to-dos and things that we got to do? What would we see? And again, guys, this is, um, there is so much grace and empathy when we share this, but you best believe I am holding up a mirror very purposefully because we want you to start investing your time. And the only way that happens is when we first and foremost look at how we're showing up and ask, what's one thing I can do better? That's why by the end of this conversation, how many things do I want you to commit to doing? That's right, one. Start with one. If you do more than one, you just get extra credit. And here's the deal. How many of you have ever been on a training like this or you attended an event and you were like, oh, that's so good. I'm going to do this. And then you didn't consistently. How many of you have struggled to be consistent moving forward? Yeah. And that's just because we've been relying on our discipline instead of leveraging it so that we make it a habit. And any single one of these, all you're missing is a habit. When we work with leaders and organizations, oftentimes we're starting with a GPS. We're just having ongoing calls with them to model what the monthly behavior looks like to review a GPS with a team till it becomes habit, till it would feel weird that if they didn't do it. Like example, tomorrow, my team is coming together. It's the last week of the month. We will be pulling up our GPS and asking, how are we doing? It is a ritual. It would feel weird for me if we were not looking at it. We just help teams do that. And when it comes to a 411, I mean, you're talking about several new habits for how you plan and invest your time. You're just missing a habit. My very first 66 day challenge was just to check my 411 before I check my email. I needed to form the habit of interacting with a 411. So I just checked my priorities before I checked everyone else's. Probably one of the most powerful habits I've formed in my life. That's how all these things fit together. So the question for you. If you are a leader of people, the things I would point out, you need a GPS, you need a 411. If you are an individual contributor, you need a 411. And you do not need your boss's permission for you to get clarity on your priorities. Because this is actually the way that this scales. The cool part for those of you that are individual contributors, um, one of the largest organizations that we work with, the reason we started working with them is because one person name Ed, who might be on here, uh, was a member of our Living Your One Thing community. And he, every week, asked, what's my one thing? Every week, he asked, how do I time block my one thing? And he came up with ways to protect his time block. And he just started using a 411. But very adamantly, for over a year, he insisted, Jeff, this will never work inside an organization of our size. Well, he kept using it. And then eventually, he had a conversation with his leader. And his leader just, instead of just asking, what's my one thing? Because you don't ask it just of yourself. You ask it of your people as well. It's what's our one thing as a team and what's mine? How do we as a team time block? And how do I? How do we protect our time blocks? How do I? And and at a manager level, they needed a GPS, a business plan to get everybody on the same page. They as an individual could have a 411 and start holding 411s with their direct reports. And they might have a weekly stand-up. 
And this goes all the way up the chain, director, all the way to an officer. It's just identify the one thing, time block the one thing, protect the time block. And the tools that you use to identify what that one thing is, either at a team or individual level, GPS is for the team, 411 is for the individual. Especially now that we are working virtually, many of us, how many of you have felt more unclear that you know what you should be doing? Or especially for those of you that are leaders, like, what are my people doing? How do I ensure that they're doing the right things? We know this is common. How many of you have noticed that you feel like the number of emails and meetings have gone up since we've been virtual? Yeah, because lack of clarity, lack of alignment. I no longer can swoop into the cubicle and see what they are doing. I now actually have to put work in to get a hold of them. They may not answer my phone call. They may not respond to my Slack message really quickly. So we need that clarity. The GPS and the 411 create clarity on what we're going to say yes to, creates clarity on the order of priority, creates clarity on who owns each one. And then when you get to a 411 and every, every week when a leader sits down with the direct report and the 411 is the backbone of the conversation, the direct report is saying, all right, here's the things I committed to this year. And in order for that to happen, here's what I have to do this month. And in order for that to happen, here's the three to five things I must say yes to this week. These 20% dominoes I got to knock down. Here's where I need your help. This literally happened with Kara, who's on here, who's one of our employees. She said, Jeff, you... I, I got to, these are my five 20% things this week. Here's where I need your help. You've invited me to these eight meetings. If I say yes to these eight meetings, I'm going to have to say no to these five. What would you like me to do? I said, cancel the meetings. Follow your path. Remember how we talked about struggling to say no to our boss? We're just not aligned. So when you use a tool like a 411, we're already having one-on-one conversations with our leaders and with our direct reports. This is just a purposeful way to make sure that people are clear on what matters most and they're owning their job. There's something I have to draw for you because this is very, 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 very important and very powerful. This is the path that every single one of us goes on as a leader. This applies to you who already have direct reports and this applies to you if you ever aspire to be a leader of people. Every single one of us starts where I do it. And when I do it, I have a job. And I do that job so well that all of a sudden I get promoted. And now I have people under me. And now we do it. Here's the challenge with we. As long as we have to do it, I still have a job. And the opportunity is to move from I do it to we do it to they do it. Because the moment I move from we to they, I cross this imaginary line called freedom. And if I can actually move from I do it to we do it to they do it to them feeling like it's theirs. How many of you are leaders of people? You have direct reports. If so, put leader in the questions box. How many of you feel like, I just wish that my team could do it without me sometimes? Stuck in we. And there's a reason for that. And that reason is when your people come and ask you a question, you give them the answer. You ready for the definition of leadership? Here, I'll write this down for you. This is worth writing down. This is straight from Gary. Leadership is teaching people how to think. And every time one of your people comes to you with a question, you give them the answer, what you are unintentionally telling them is that they don't have to think because you will think for them. And so they form the habit of coming to you for every answer. I learned this the hard way. 
in my first 90 days. Jay told me when he hired me, my job as a leader is to teach you how to think. And I remember the first time I walked into his office and I had a question and he said, Jeff, my job as a leader is to teach you how to think. I have an answer. I'm not going to tell it to you. What do you think you should do? And I stopped and I thought about it and I gave him my answer and he said, it's exactly what I would have said. But here's the beauty of this. When Jay refused to give me the answer, he ensured that he, we, we would never get stuck in we and he automatically put me into theirs. Because in that moment, it was my answer. I owned my role. I didn't just do independent. I owned it. I had ownership. What would become possible if every single person on the team knew their priorities, they owned their priorities, and they quit waiting for other people to tell them what to do, and they started coming with plans and asked for coaching? What becomes possible then? You fast forward a few weeks, I had another question. I walked into Jay's office and said, Jeff, my job as a leader is to teach you how to think. What do you think you should do? A few weeks later, I had a question. I walked into his office, asked it. He said, Jeff, my job as a leader is to teach you how to think. What do you think you should do? From then on, when I walked into his office, I said, Jay, I need your, I need your guidance. Here's the situation. Here's what I think I should do. Coach me on that. What sounds like a leader? What should I do? Or here's the situation. Here's what I plan to do. Coach me on that. You want to move from I to we to they to theirs? Ask questions when you naturally would have told. Ask questions when you naturally would have told. And I literally went on a 66-day challenge to form the habit of asking questions when I naturally would have told. My lead domino was once a day, I had to ask a question when I naturally would have told. Because as leaders, we want to give people the answer. It's faster. <laughs> it certainly changed how I showed up as a leader, but the most impactful thing was how, it showed up, how I showed up as a father. As I remember one night, Daphne is, she's seven and a half now, but at the time she's five. My gosh, she is, she is so driven. Like even last night, she was like, daddy, we are going to bake right now. It was like eight o'clock at night. I'm like, it's bedtime. She goes, no, no, this weekend you told me we were going to bake. I am holding you accountable to following through on your commitment. Seven and a half. I am so in trouble. When she was five, I remember she was just, she refused to go to bed and I was about to snap and lose it and scream, Daphne, go upstairs. But in that moment, I remembered I was in my 60-60 day challenge. And instead of telling her to go to bed, I paused, I took a deep breath and I asked her, how are you feeling right now, honey? And in that moment, I earned my X for the day. That was me asking a question when I naturally would have told. And she looked at me and she said, I'm tired. And I went, well, honey, what's one thing you can do so you won't be tired anymore? And she said, I could go to bed. And I went, honey. What a great idea. And she goes, okay, daddy, good night. And marched upstairs. And I literally looked at my wife and went, you got to be freaking kidding me. <laughs> oh my gosh. How many of us have an opportunity to ask more often than we tell? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's an amazing game, folks. So I want to share an, an example of what this looks like. We um, had the opportunity to work with a very large airline. And... When we sat down with the VP of this airline, we actually had an internal facilitator. So we certify people. We certify people who want to take the one thing out into the world as ambassadors. We also certify facilitators inside of organizations. We had already certified facilitators in this organization who sat down with this VP. And 
when he said, look, here's our business plan. These are all the things that we're saying yes to. These are all the things that we got to get done. And for years, it was just like the cars going through the toll booth just one at a time. But when they did the GPS and they got really clear on the one thing for the organization, the one thing that they could do that would make everything else easier or unnecessary, it was like that little yellow car. That yellow car had to get through the toll booth. And when they got clear that it's not those ones up front that need to be done first, it's actually that one. Then they created their priorities and strategies. And it was almost like Moses came into the traffic jam and parted the Red Sea. And that car, what had taken them over three years to barely move the needle, I kid you not, in two weeks, done. Done. Because when you get clear on what matters most and you get alignment with your team, you achieve way more in way less time. That's the power that a GPS has. And then let's talk about a 411. When COVID hit, how many of you had to change the way that you work? We were working with a major pharmaceutical company. They have thousands of high paid sales reps that could no longer go and see doctors. So we had to help them identify what that future of going to work looks like. And this is where the 411 came into place. What's, this is a great quote. What stops us from reinventing ourselves is an attachment to the way things used to be. What stops us from reinventing ourselves is an attachment to the way things used to be. And we had to give them permission to let go of the way things used to be. They had to let go of the way they used to operate because it was no longer viable. And then we asked the question, when you look at a 411, if you can only do one thing this year, what would it be? And should you earn the right to do a second thing, what would it be? And should you earn the right to do a third? What would it be? And these are things they can do. Not wish they could do, not used to do. They can do it now. They're viable now. And based on that, broke it down to what they had to do this month. Based on that, broke it down to what they had to do for this week. And we did it with just this one region out of the whole company. You fast forward, the activities and the results of this one group blew everyone else out of the water. It wasn't even close. Just like how Steven's point total Shattered most of you guys. He had 2,500 when the vast majority of you had less than 100. It's not even close. Because when you get clear on what matters most every single week, and you can show how this not only matters the most this week, but it matters most in the context of the month. It matters most in context of the year, which lines up with the business plan. You achieve more in less time with less stress. That is how these things come together. So let's have a conversation about how we, I want to show you how when we support companies, what that looks like. So first thing, we have lots of companies that will say, like I had a guy reach out, Zach, last week who wants us to do something for his sales kickoff in a few weeks. Like, great, we can facilitate a training to, to help change people's ideas. And that can just be, that's virtual. Um, we used to do stuff in person just to introduce the principles. Because when you introduce the principles, people start to think differently. And sometimes they want us to do a series where we might do series over time to really change how they view their time. Call it three to four sessions stretched out you know, every other week or so. Then... At the end of the day, if we want to create something that's lasts in your culture, you don't need us. You don't want us. We want to teach you to fish. So we have to certify leaders. So that's either certifying leaders internally to drive the adoption so they can have the conversation I'm having right now. And there are some of you who are on this call who are certified ambassadors who are so passionate about the one thing that you wanted to master itself and you want to be an ambassador to go out in the world and to spread it. And then ultimately, there's full-blown cultural implementation. And when I talk about cultural implementation, I mean, it varies from 
lots of, I mean, out of curiosity, how many of you have a clear culture document for your, for your company? Like it literally fits on one page that outlines what the mission is, what the vision is, what your values are. That really, that really matters. Sometimes we have to facilitate that. Sometimes it's casting a new vision since the way we work has completely been disrupted. It always works back to getting a GPS in place. And then how do we get people to start holding weekly 411 so that a one-on-one conversation between a leader and a direct report is no longer, how was your weekend? And as your boss, I need you to do this, 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 and this. And where do we stand on this? And what about this? And what about that? That's how most one-on-ones go. Mm-mm-mm. In this, the employee drives the meeting. They walk in with their 411 and make a declaration that based on the GPS for the team, here's what they've committed to owning this, this year. And based on that, here's what they're committing knockdown this month. And based on that, here's what they're committing to accomplish this week to the point that they could open up their calendar and show you the time that is blocked for those most important priorities. And they ask for your support when you as their leader are doing what we call seagull management. Seagull management is when a leader swoops in, dumps on their people, and flies away. I used to be that guy. And I still have seagull tendencies at times. But when you have that 411 conversation, now the employee gets to say, here's what I'm saying yes to. And here's where I need your support because you're, you're swooping in on me all over here. Which matters more? Clarity and alignment. So let's be really clear about how you can get started. Every single one of you, whether you are a leader of people or an individual contributor, Every single one of you can start with the basis, basics for yourself by asking the focusing question, what's the one thing I can do? Such that by doing it, everything else will be easier and necessary. Every single one of you can start time blocking your one thing. Every single one of you can start coming up with strategies to protect your time block. And once you get the hang of that, you can start to implement the bottles by using a 411 each week for yourself, whether your boss does it or not, and go on a 66-day challenge to make using that tool a habit that sticks. And if you are a leader of people, you do this stuff for yourself because you have to cast the shadow for your team. And ultimately, you will want to create a GPS for your team. So there is clarity and alignment. You will want to start holding weekly 411s with your team so that they own their job and you get to play coach. Now, for those of you, every single one of you, this is how you can get started. Pick one thing on this list. That's where you begin. Just pick one. That's where you begin. Well, there you have it. Our monthly webinar on how your team can achieve more with the one thing. What really stands out, folks, is that all leadership begins with self-leadership. Whether you are a leader and have direct reports that you could say, all right, we are going to live this and your people will listen because you're their boss, or you're an individual contributor with zero direct reports, you absolutely have the chance to make this part of your culture. In fact, one of the largest organizations we work with, major Fortune 500 company, started because one person started living the principles. His name's Ed. He's probably listening to this right now. He was a member of Living Your One Thing. And for years, he would say to me, Jeff, this works for me as an individual, but I question if it will work for a Fortune 500 company. Well, Ed kept talking about it. He kept sharing it up the chain. And fast forward, it's now a major cultural initiative inside that company. Your voice and your actions absolutely matter. I'm telling you, we've seen it. So do not underestimate yourself. So folks, out of everything that we talked about today, what's the one thing you can do? Such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. 
identify that one thing, time block time to do it and knock the domino down. And for those of you who are listening to this, if you are a leader of an organization and you'd love to have a conversation about what it looks like to bring this to your company, there's a few ways we do it. Sometimes we do an individual training for an event that you have, or maybe we do a training series over a period of time to change people's thinking. Then we have full-blown corporate implementation where we are partnering with you over a long term to actually help leaders start behaving this way, driving the principles. We certify leaders inside the organization to know it as well as we do. And ultimately, we help you cast a vision for the business. We help you turn that big vision into a simple one-page business plan. We turn all leaders into coaches by helping them use the 411 as the backbone of their one-on-one conversations so that every person owns their job and the leader gets to play coach. You fast forward, people achieve more and they do it in less time because they have clarity and they have alignment. If you'd like to chat with us about what that looks like, go to the one thing.com slash teams. And if you're one of those people that is interested in the certification program, whether that's to drive it in your own organization, or hey, you just want to master the principles for yourself and be able to teach it to other people, go to the one thing.com slash training. And under the corporate section, you will see an option to become certified. If this episode has brought value to you, first and foremost, who's one person you can share it with? The highest compliment you can give us is to share it with the people that you trust. And if you're new to the podcast, please click the subscribe button so all future downloads are automatically downloaded to your device of choice. And while you're at it, consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcast player. It genuinely helps us reach more people and live our purpose, which is to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.